Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Kingsman, The Secret Service, directed by Matthew Vaughan and released in 2015. The plot of Kingsman, The Secret Service goes something like this. A spy organization recruits an unrefined but promising kid into the agency's ultra-competitive training program just as a global threat emerges from a twisted tech genius. Okay, so we saw Kingsman at this, like, charity screening thing. Um, I didn't really know much about it. I knew it was a spy movie and I knew it had Colin Firth in it. I think that was about it. See, I'd seen the hideously sexist posters because Jelly went to book for another movie on, and he went on the Hoyt's website and he texted me, there's just a giant picture of a woman's bottom on the Hoyt's website. <laughs> he was, okay. And he was horrified at this. He was like, gosh. And so I, I knew it's had... Yeah, I didn't know much. I'd seen a trailer, I think, and it had a quite sort of sexist-looking poster, which yeah. could have been an ironic homage to James Bond. We didn't really know. It just... is. It's an homage to James Bond, those posters. Which oh, I only no, really sorry. Found I, about yeah, it the after. ironic bit was the uh... – Oh. Yeah, but that's the thing is, okay, <laughs> so th cold. this is the thing that I have been encountering since we saw this, okay? So, like, I didn't, I didn't like it, mm. and I didn't know that so many people were going to like it. But every single review I've seen since then is positive. It's all positive. And I don't quite get it, except for one, which I sought out. I don't understand it because we went to see it as a group of four. Not one of us really liked this movie. In fact, the whole cinema that we saw it with, like, they weren't really, they didn't seem really into it. Apart from there one was, guy. <laughs> there was one guy who was laughing very, very loudly and very hard um, at, down at the I always had the most sexist parts yeah. as well. It made me really annoyed. I think... Yeah, I don't know. See, I didn't hate it. Like, I don't have, I don't have this really visceral. This is awful. I just, I didn't like it, and I didn't like it because, because of the thing that we always say here, which is it was mean, and that's mm. my biggest problem with it. And it's my that's the problem I had with the Kickass movies with a lot of Mark Miller's other work. Like, See, I really like the first Kickass yeah. movie, but the thing that I think is the reason that the first Kickass movie worked for me while this didn't was because the first Kickass movie is. This take on it, it, um, superheroes, right? So it's going well. Let's let's tease out the logical conclusion of people really being superheroes, and so and and that would be violent, and that would be full of people who have a, a, an inflated sense of themselves and things. So like it it kind of made sense where they were going with that, mm. right? So even though there were it was still kind of nasty in a lot of places, those things kind of made sense for where they were taking that particular concept um and also hit girl uh, yeah <laughs> so and uh, whereas i i encountered the similar uncomfortable feeling in in kick ass not yeah. that i didn't like didn't think it was good i just i i made me uncomfortable to a, a point that i wasn't happy with yeah and i feel like kick ass's uncomfortableness was kind of you, you you're meant to feel uncomfortable with the idea of these people doing this right yeah. and and it, it is like it's a hard thing because it, it, superheroes we're so into them now but you know in a real scenario in with really violent people you're gonna get some really really nasty stuff going on but right. there is this kind of undercurrent with all of mark miller's work that is just nasty now yeah. We didn't know this was Mark Miller. We saw. I think I did. I oh, think okay. I'd seen it, and I went. I did. Uh oh, I had no idea. I did. I did see it, and I went. Uh oh, because I've become more familiar with Mark Miller recently because I read Civil War finally. And did he write that? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so but then like his name came up in the credits at the end, and I was like, 
oh, suddenly everything made more sense because I think even tonally this movie is really weird. Um, it, yes, it, it, it's, yes. It's very weird tonally. Like it, it goes from it, the, the very opening of it, it's like this cheesy kind of music. You've got this bombing of this beautiful Middle Eastern building, like castle type place. Yeah. It was gorgeous and it was being destroyed and they were like, hooray. And I'm like, what? And then immediately after that, a guy dies and then Colin Firth has to go tell his family that he's dead. And yet the whole thing is played really light. It's very in that sense odd. It was Tarantino esque. Like that, there, there was a, there was some elements of Tarantino in there. Although Tarantino always, he, I don't know, he's he's kind of comes it comes out the good guys win in the end with Tarantino. Whereas uh, it, this was a lot more like nobody was a good guy. And I, see, that's the thing. Yeah. I actually think there's a, there's a different issue with the Tarantino esque thing. I think what Tarantino does that's really good is that he invents a world that is his own where he can do weird things and those kinds of tonal things and he understands film in a way that is astonishing, right? In so a way that I don't think balance, these guys do. Yeah. So he has this ability to balance tone that's amazing. That's really, really impressive. And to make really, like, he, he knows how to make it so ridiculous that it, like, so over the top that it's comical, which worked once, I think, in this movie with the exploding yep. heads, right? Yep. That is so over the top that it's comical. What happened in the church with the Westboro people? Not so over the Not, top that it's comical. No. Just gross. It was just awful. Yes. It was Whereas, really awful. Like, um, um, at the end of Inglorious Bastards, when they shoot up the the movie cinema mm, and, and they kill use Hitler, a celluloid and funny. Yeah. yes, because so it's like, so operatically over the top. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I want to say it wants to be like Tarantino. I don't mm. think it achieves that necessarily, but that's I think where it's going for in that early shocking violence. I just, I don't think it quite gets there. And I think, but I think also the the world that it's playing in is the James Bond world, yeah. right? Yep, and this tone doesn't work in the James Bond world for me. Doing that kind of, like, James Bond has its own silliness. It has its own, you know, over-the-top stuff. It has its own sexism. And to layer in yours over the top, mm. it doesn't quite work to me. Yeah. It just didn't work. Like, I didn't, I even the stuff that I knew was trying to be like a wink to the Bond films because they tell you the McDonald's coming out as the food. None of that actually kind of made me amused. Mm. It didn't like, and these aren't things that are offensive or well, gross. There's plenty of that in there, but it, these yeah, weren't oh, offensive I, I, to things. To be honest, the McDonald's thing, I picked up a racialized element to that. Mm. I was thinking rich black guy still has his as has his poor person tastes. I picked, and this is why it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that that sort of thing is what the other thing I wanted to talk about. The very first time Samuel L. Jackson spoke in this movie, I was I I mean I already didn't like it, and then I was immediately put offside for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and I had to listen to Katie going Ugh, every time Samuel L. Jackson opened his mouth. I tried not to be too loud about it, but it was really pissing me off. And this is why he has a lisp. Yes, and I picked this up in the movie the before not I saw Samuel yeah, L. Jackson. The, um, yeah. Valentine, by the way, which they actually reference in dialogue trading places right yeah yeah trading places the eddie murphy character is called valentine ah. and he is the good guy this is basically a movie saying you shouldn't have given him all of that power because they're evil black people are evil this is what this movie is yeah. saying oh my god anyway so he shows up the first time he speaks he has this lisp and i was like it's effeminizing him to make him less threatening because 
and and this is a, such a Mark Miller thing, but I didn't again, I didn't know it was Mark Miller, but this is something that he does a lot is that he effeminizes or like has these intri- like these um villains with different gender concepts. Yep. And they're always villains. He has really really he's incredibly reactionary. And then so you've got this black guy who dresses the way that Samuel L. Jackson does in this movie, which is awful, who speaks with a lisp and who faints at the sight of blood. So they're effeminizing this black – they're othering the other. He's effeminizing this black man. Yep. All the people of color in this movie are bad guys, except for one friend of, of the main characters who doesn't even talk much. No. I mean, the whole thing is just so yeah, and racist. They, and, they ha- and they have him dress – in dress in a particularly racialized way. And they also get him all, he gets all excited about getting his nice suit as well, mm. which is again another racialized thing. The, the pimping sort of idea is brought in there. Mm. And that's, yeah, something that I'm highly uncomfortable with. And his assistant too is a person of color mm-hmm. and also a woman with a disability. Now, mm-hmm. the, this is one point to the film's credit. She has a disability. She's missing her lower legs. She, and they never it's make, not actually the actress, though. Uh, I was wrong about that. I'm th- sorry. They never make a big deal of it. That actress and the uh, that singer only has one leg missing, but you should still watch that video. So she still cool. has a she still has a. So she still no, has no, no. A sorry, the, the one oh, you the famous one that I was still thinking of. This one. woman has both her legs, and oh, okay. they just so, cut it out in the all right. post. But she doesn't have both lower legs, and it's not mentioned other than she uses them as a weapon. And I think that's that is probably one point in their favor. Well, she was also the best part of the movie, yeah. easily. But you know, she's yeah punished. Oh yeah, t- horrifyingly. Um, she's pretty horrifying. I didn't think it was weird that too. she didn't. Okay, so we should probably actually talk about the plot in case anybody <laughs> hasn't seen this movie and is listening to nah. this. So the kid that they pick up, the Kingsman. Are, this is another thing that problem that I had with the movie, which I'll get into after I finish talking about what actually happened. The Kingsmen were tailors, and they're British tailors. They're a group. They became spies for some reason that Colin Firth explained at one point, and I was like, I don't get what's going on. And now they're a group of spies. They call each other by code names from Knights of the Round Table. I just thought they were posh guys who used a tailor shop for a front. I didn't think they were ever actually tailors. No, no, no. It was a group. They were tailors originally. Right. Colin Firth says that at one point. Well, you know, one of those exposition-y scenes while they must have travel off. somewhere. Right. Like they're going yeah, up and down uh, in an elevator or they're going on a train or something. Yeah, I was too busy trying to analyze all the class dynamics. It yeah. was very Mycrofty. Yeah, there's a lot of class dynamics going on. But okay, so the, this is this group and they've always been super duper posh. And then Colin Firth is like, Let's try and challenge some stereotypes. I'm going to get a straight white boy from a poorer group of people well, to he, come in. He'd obviously done it before because the poor white boy's father was the one who was killed in the opening scene. Yes. So he'd been once before. But it seems like Eggsy's life has gone even further downhill yeah. since then. So his father was even higher. Sort of sort of lower of. middle class and he's properly now working class living on an estate, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it seems like it's. It, it, but yes, he, so which he is all decides, his mother's fault because his mother's a horrible person, obviously. Yeah. Um. Yeah. God, they're awful to her. Yes. Yeah, so they decide Colin Firth needs a bit of rough trade, and so he grabs this guy. So he gets Eggsy, played by Tara Negerton, and then Eggsy, who is by the, I just think that kid was really good. Yeah, he was. Really he was good. so good because he actually, you actually see him transform from being really working class to being a lot po- like he changes his accent over the course of the movie, and he's not even. English is Welsh. Mm. So he actually he starts off in an accent that isn't his and he like and he has an actual accent journey of it getting posher and posher and posher but not quite ever like he still kind of sounds like he does at the start but he he's sort of a bit more clipped and stuff. It was very very clever piece of acting. Yeah, yeah, he was great. And and, and he's just a really engaging person. Like he's a yeah, I, as, I liked him. 
our friend who went to see the movie with us said, um, he's really pretty. Which yeah. I can actually name check Jamie because Jamie doesn't. Jamie listens. Jamie likes it when we talk about him. So, <laughs> hi, Jamie. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, it, he, he is pretty and he's engaging and he's a great kind of character. I, there's nothing wrong with Eggsy. And, like, even though the the concepts that they're playing with aren't the best, I actually really like to call him Firth as well because it's so against type for him. Mm. And he does a great job with it. I feel like it's the kind of thing he was born to play as well. I think C- Colin Firth was never in the running to be James Bond. I think by the time they were looking for a new one, he was too well-established and all that kind of stuff. But he could have easily done it. Like, he would have made an excellent Bond. But also, he's clearly a man with a sense of humour. Like, this Mm. is a man who played Mr. Darcy and then went and played a send-up of Mr. Darcy, always with a wink to the camera. He's clearly a guy with a lot of a sense of humour about himself and his image and his sort of very Britishness. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. So, I think those – I actually think quite a few of the performances are great. I was also – really into Mark Strong in this movie. He's got this Scottish accent. He plays there like tech geek and he's in these like jumpers with his tie underneath and he uh-huh. looks so hot. Yeah, yeah. I really, like I've never been attracted to Mark Strong in this whole movie. I was just like, you know, over myself. Yeah, he yeah. was pretty great. I do love a Scottish accent though. He and was... he was so like resourceful. Like he, yes. we need someone to fly the plane. Okay, I'll just fly the plane. But he was handy with a gun and he was the tech guy. Like he was just great. <laughs> He was, and I liked him so much, and I'm so glad he didn't end up being the Mark Miller turncoat. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the one that's in every single movie or every single book or whatever, the Morgan Freeman in Wanted. We should have known because he's basically the only black man in Wanted, so we should have known that he was the bad guy. But anyway, uh, so he um, uh, – that was Michael Caine instead, and Michael Caine was barely in it, so it wasn't like it was a major betrayal or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just what it was. So, yeah, he was really great. But that there is that class thing where essentially what they're doing is gentrifying Eggsy. Mm. Like they're not accepting him for who he is. He has to become be suited and change the way he speaks and change the way he acts and all of that sort of stuff for them to find him acceptable. Yeah. So, like, it, it completely defeats the purpose anyway. Plus, there are two girls in the training. Out of what ten? One who isn't Eight? even one in the re- like really in it and is like killed off, fake killed off exactly. early on. Yeah, yeah. One girl basically. Who's so there's selected. one girl. She, to be fair, does beat him and is never really sexualized, and she wins all the trials. But she also is completely removed from any of the actual action. Oh, it's the um the climax. They have her like fly up into space to throw throw out a satellite manually. Right. Basically, take her out of the way so that Mark Strong and Eggsy can do the final battle. Exactly. And so she is completely removed from any of the action. The real fight scene is between Eggsy and the the woman Gazelle is her name, by the way, the uh, legs girl. Yep. And that is a good fight scene. That yeah. was probably my favorite part of the movie, but I was really sad that she had to die. But, you know, and then there's the princess. Mm. Oh, oh, I'm so mad about that. So the Swedish princess, I was so mad about that because at first I was like, oh, yay, because the Scandinavian monarchies are quite modern and they're like – crown princess is actually really politically engaged and actually yeah. does a lot of good work and she's a nice sweet person but no. she's the only can i just find out she's the only woman in the whole movie who is standing up for what she believes in who is not a love interest to anybody she is her own person so what do they have her do at the end of the movie offer anal sex to eggsy not only offer like, it to him but like after. she's acts like she's into cra- so some kind of crazy swedish porn star is so, what they have her yes, turn but into. after he goes to get her out of her cell, he says, I'll let you out if you kiss me. 
Oh, yeah. So he's oh, already yeah. taking sexual advantage of her. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then she goes, how about you do me in the butt instead? Yeah, and it's completely out of character because this is a woman who's been fighting the whole time. She refuses to have the implant put in her head. She uh, refuses to go along with what Valentine says she has to do. She's Oh, but then a man comes in to save her and, and he, she's and just falling all over But it's herself. also out of character for Eggsy. Eggsy's not the type of person to ask for a kiss before he rescues them. That's yeah, exactly. completely against type. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I know what they were doing with that, right? I know what they were doing. They were going, ha-ha, James Bond. Ha-ha, Scandinavians, aren't they porny? Yes. Or aren't they, sorry, what, what, what word am I looking for? Perverted. Right, that's what they're doing with it. But it doesn't make make it better and it doesn't make it acceptable oh, it's super gross it's so awful i hated that and it left me with such a bad taste in my mouth because i know? really liked her as well i was felt really betrayed by that yeah exactly and that's what the movie and does with all of its female too. characters though all of the female characters in this movie are just terrible people apart from the girl he trains with his mother goes from you know having a nice apartment and being dressed nicely to going out with a like crime lord mm. who mistreats her and her son horribly mm. and abuses them and she's you know in this cycle of abuse and all that sort of stuff but it always paints her as being a bad guy for it and like and then it has her try to kill her own baby which is, again, like, yeah, everybody is trying to kill everybody. I get it. But this is the main kind of thing that we see is her trying to kill her own baby. Yeah. Because she's such a terrible mother. It's awful. Because <laughs> Elle is a bad guy. She's just a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the princess. And then that's the four named characters, right? The the girl who beats Degsy and then gets kicked out. And who we never get to see in a suit, which was really upsetting to Galahad. me. Galahad. Galahad, yeah. yeah. There's her. There's There's the princess, the mother, and Gazelle. And that's all of the... Named female characters, as far as I can remember. Yep. And then there's another woman who who berates Colin Firth when he's in the Westboro Baptist Church place. And, of course, she gets murdered because everybody in that church gets murdered mm. by him because they get, of the same – it's the wave that makes everybody try to kill everybody each other. Everybody goes evil, yeah. Just it's so awful. It also, was, how did Valentine get all of the le- world leaders to agree to this? There's no way that would happen. No. It's stupid. And, oh, and I forgot to talk about that thing that I didn't like from the beginning. I don't know what the Kingsmen are all about. No, because they're like a private intelligence agency. No, but it's not That's, just that, that. That sets off alarm bells straight away. It's not just that, right? Yeah, they're a private. But but what do they want in their – what's their ethos? It's to be a yeah. gentleman, but they never really explain like, what that is. Whose side are they on? Are they for hire? Can you just hire them to do work for you? Or do they choose their own agenda? Again, that's not where I was coming from. But yeah, that's also a point. Because they're clearly always working for the British government, as far as well, we they, can Well, they tell. seem to be on the side of the British government, yeah. Um, in no, a no, no. Way. What's their ethos? Um, when they're training people... They're constantly making them do things by tricking them. Mm. And then what they're going to get in their organization is organization is people who are willing to kill dogs. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's yeah. who they're going to end up with, people who are willing to kill dogs. They put blanks in the guns, but the people don't know that, so no. they're just willing to kill so a dog. So they think they're going to kill their dog, yeah. Um, there's other places where they're like, oh, we didn't really kill anybody. And you're like, yeah, but what you've got now is people who are willing to watch people die. Like mm. the parachute part. They mm. do it three times, pull the, rug, pull the rug out from under him, right? Yeah. The parachute part, they're like, one of you doesn't have a parachute, you have to work together, but then they prove that they did have a parachute the whole time. So what are they actually creating here? Mm. They're creating people who aren't going to trust you, mm. who are willing to kill dogs, <laughs> yeah. and who aren't, you know, they aren't, they aren't really what you want in your organization, are they? 
Well, the people that they want are just not that. that what kind of people are these? They're horrible people. Yeah, exactly. They're going to end up with horrible people in their organization. For and that, and even you know, Mark Strong and Colin Firth all had to go through that and shoot the dogs and and the through. girl. But they didn't. I mean, their dogs all survived and everything. And that, but that, like, were you supposed to figure out that they wouldn't put a real bullet in there? Because we've seen awful, awful things that they're able to do. So mm. like, I'm just, it's just, it's dumb. They, I don't understand what they're actually all about. And they keep going on about what being a gentleman really is, but none of it tallies up to anything. And none of them are very gentlemanly. And none of them are very gentlemanly. Like, they have no sense of ethics, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and it, they seem like they're just training to be mercenaries. Pretty much. But mercenaries who appreciate nice, nice alcohol suits. and suits. Yeah. And who look nice. Mercenaries who want to be posh. And then there's, there that gets back to that other thing of tailors who have pulled themselves up in the world to become posh. Mm. Uh, Or are they really posh or are they just, you know, they've found a way to make money to make themselves look posh? Like it just, and why do you want to be posh? Like what their main driving force in life is to pull themselves to the top echelon of society? Like, is that really what you want to do? Yeah. Um, Okay. So there's other things. Aesthetically, I quite liked it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the aesthetic of the Kingsman is really cool. To be fair, it they look great. They have this yeah, umbrella yeah. that the, they all have glasses. Mm. They all have the nice suits. So you know, mm-hmm. they are all kind of dreamy. And the awesome shoes and, and all the accessories. Jack Davenport and Colin Firth and Mark Strong. I mean, come on, yeah. Like and Taron Egerton when he suits up, you, you know, yeah, yeah. they're attractive. I get that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. There's so many. I just and every time Samuel L. Jackson came on screen, I hated it. And people keep talking about how great he is. <laughs> movie i don't see it i hated it i hated him in it i i didn't hate him i was kind of grateful he showed up because he's the only person who ever calls out the kingsman for their bullshit like he he's, but he's the bad guy so it i know matter. i know i was on his side part of the time like yes but then he's so ridiculously evil oh god yeah and and that's the thing is that he's he i mean and also also talking about reactionary politics he's a climate change like activist He's pro-climate change. So this movie is mm. ostensibly, you know, anti-climate change action. <laughs> like, yeah. it's ostensibly a lot of – it's the whole thing is so reactionary. Yeah. It's like you shouldn't act poor, you know, you shouldn't – Yeah, if you, you want to get out of poverty, you've got to act like wealthy people. Yes, and, and you know, your culture is wrong and bad. Mm. Um, and uh, what else? It's, it's, it's women aren't actually as good even though she beat him at everything because she couldn't actually, you know – be part of the ending. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you take away a, a take away a father, you ruin the family's life. Oh yeah, it's so. And and this is, I think, the ultimate problem with this and with Mark Miller is that he, his whole political ethos is so negative, and so conservative, and it's always under this thin veneer of liberalism. Yeah, he's a progressive. He um, it, like the whole thing where he has a whole. Um, church full of Westboro Baptist equivalents murdered, right? Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, he, probably his version of killing Hitler, right? Yeah. He, he, he takes someone who's just so over-the-top awful that is universally reviled. But the thing is, unlike, as we were talking before about Inglorious Bastards, where we have this wonderful operatic end of Hitler, this one mm. operatic murder or- orchestrated on this grand scale of revenge – it doesn't feel like that because there's no nemesis arrangement set up. It's just 
Colin Firth walks into this poor church in the arse end of nowhere and mm. kills a lot of people. And, and they are not good people. I get that. But no, but that's the, the thing way that gets me is plays that out is they like are, they don't deserve to die. They are a group of people who a lot of them have been brought up in. Again, this is a cultural thing. Yes, right. The, it isn't a person who is evil. It is a group of people who are surrounded by this really awful culture mm. and who are being bombarded by this all the time in their personal lives and yeah they go into that but the best way to stop them from doing what they do is to remove them from that environment and then talk to them and teach them stuff yeah it's, because it's we not- aren't going to change that environment by murdering a bunch of them you're just going to make a bunch of martyrs uh, yeah exactly and it just makes it makes them look awful because they're these powerful wealthy appearing Englishmen who know who know better because they were brought up as powerful wealthy Englishmen. But it isn't his fault that he murders and them all, so it's okay. Yeah. So so bad. It's it so awful and yeah. so horrible. And that yeah, it's exactly that. He's like he's against the really, really conservative people and he's like, no, everybody should be equal. But then he doesn't really believe that because all of the societal norms go into his work. Black people are evil. Disabled people are bad. You know, effeminate people are bad. The only people who are good are straight white males in suits. Mm. And and women are just all horrible people. <laughs> women are just the worst. Everybody hates women. The only good female role in this was Lancelot. Galahad. La- Lancelot. Sorry, He's- I got it wrong. Colin Firth was Yeah, Galahad. I know. It's yeah, confusing. She's Lancelot. Lancelot. Um, I can't even remember what her name was for most of the movie. But I'll she's barely it in it. Really. I mean, she's only a minor part. She's mostly presented as a love interest, even though he never actually does anything with her. Mm. And also, he has to help her so much is oh, another yeah, point. Yeah. Like, yep. she is nice. Oh, I, this is the one thing I really liked is when the two girls are the only people who accept him in the beginning when he first comes in. Agree. I kind of liked that because I think that's kind of something where you can see that happening because the other, you know, they have already they un- had to... understand the outsider being yeah, the exactly. outsider in this little group. Exactly. And so they, they can relate to him as being an outsider as well. Mm. And I liked that. And I liked that they didn't pull him down as well. I thought that was nice. But she does that. And then she, like, he has to help her overcome her fear of heights. Um, so she wouldn't have even been able to do the thing that she does at the end of the movie if he hadn't helped her. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, we should wrap up now. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, What are you giving it? One and a half stars. Yeah, I might give it two, I think. Um, yeah, anyway, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to read the show notes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. Uh, if you want to read Katie's review of Kingsman The Secret Service or any other movies she reviews, they're on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Uh, you can find us on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. We are on Facebook. Search for Silver Screen Queens and you'll find us. And we're on Twitter at screen underscore queens. Thank you for listening. Bye. See you next time.